The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Everybody, welcome back. I think we're all very excited for this podcast. This is the first recording that we've had since James Harden made his debut with the Sixers, first with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then, of course, now we're talking about the New York Knicks. Guys, where are you guys at mentally with this whole entire thing? Mentally, I'm in a pretty great place. Um, This is super cool. James Harden's pretty good. Yeah, very, very content in in Christopher Land. All right. Well, if Chris is in Christopher Land, I am am on the moon right now. I'm euphoric, and I feel like – Here's what I feel like when I when I go to bed at night, I'm like, I can't believe he's on our team. And I wake up and I'm like, wow, he's on our team. So I, I'm excited. I, I can't even express. You're right. Have you dreamt about James Harden yet? I have not. But when I vacuum, I I'm doing like the MC Hammer dance. And when I dust my <laughs> when when I dust my blinds, I'm doing like pirouettes because I'm that excited. So yeah. And here I'm I thought you were just thinking of the Smurfs. Um... <sighs> anyway i gotta let that go people are like let that go close the chapter on that okay okay this is the last podcast (laughs) but it's just been such a smurftastic joke that i can't let it go so easily (laughs) lucas how are you feeling about i am feeling pretty fantastic fantastic i i think this is the best case scenario that the sixers could have asked for in terms of fit and the adjustment period um but I will definitely get into that more later, but let's get into today's game, the win against the New York Knicks. Chris, go ahead and take it away for us, man. Yeah. Um, the Sixers won 125 to 109 on the road in New York. Joel Embiid had 37 points to lead the team. He shot 27 free throws in this game. Career Both high. Of the Knicks, two centers fouled out. Then 29 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists, and five steals. Only three turnovers for Mr. James Harden, 21 and seven boards for Tyrese Maxey. Um, those guys were the obvious standouts, Lucas, but let's let's go to the starters first. What were your big takeaways with that group? Tyrese Maxey is a top five, five speedster in the NBA. And I mean, like, we should have known that, but like, I think this year we haven't really had a chance to see it on a regular basis because he's been having the, you know, run the fast play, uh, break and he's just been putting on the the work, and we can see that James Harden clear clearly has been a good influence on him. Three of five from deep, and he hit a James R. Harden esque step back three pointer towards the end of the game. Rebounding has been fantastic. Um, third, yeah, third reading leading rebounder in the game, uh, plus twenty three, second highest of any Sixer. Um, I, I think that's the main thing that like Maxi is the third star to this, this trio, you know, and we'll talk about the other guy that was a candidate, but clearly he's not right now. And then I'll, I'll give, you know, we could talk about how great James Harden is. This is James Harden that we've seen in Houston. 
I'm not surprised by this because he he looks in shape, Chris. He looks in shape. He looks like in the best shape that he's been ever. Like uh, you know his since his Houston days, and him and Joel clearly have chemistry all right off the bat. I mean, he got Joel 27 free throw attempts, pretty much, and 16 assists. That's absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, I know you you haven't been a fan of this, but it's been working out pretty well for the Sixers. Matisse Thibel in the starting five, Chris, has been a really good – has been really good. Just – he's not hindering the offense, I don't think, as much as – you know, I and as much as I think you, I know you feared it in the past, but so far he's been working with that starting five pretty well, defending his butt off, three steals. I mean, just to go off of what you said first, like obviously, I think Thibel has been one of the more underrated beneficiaries of dreams so far. Like, we're we've talked, we've on Twitter, wherever, about Tyrese getting out in transition and being the beneficiary of all these like kick aheads by James, but. So is Matisse. Like, that's someone who runs the floor really well, and James is finding him. He had a couple lobs this game from James. Like, like clearly James is making that better than it looked when it was Seth Curry. Um, So, uh, I mean, James is truly one of the, like, smartest basketball players on planet Earth. Like, no one can manipulate a game like him, or very few can. It's like him, LeBron, Chris Paul. Like, he's on that level of just, like, basketball genius. Um, Him and Joel have, like, have really good timing and rapport and uh, that was a big concern for a lot of people like it's working really well really fast which isn't necessarily shocking but it's certainly nice to see um but yeah i mean obviously tobias was the one who kind of stuck out like a sore thumb in this game finished with 12 points on nine shots hit two of five from three which is frankly better than it actually was um like those numbers are better than what his impact would suggest. Um, he had a couple buckets and nice plays late in the fourth when the game is being put away. But for most of this game and Uriah wants me to like, keep it with good vibes. Obviously the vibes are great. The Sixers look awesome. James Harden is awesome. This is going to be a great team. It's going to be really fun to watch him down the stretch, but this is like two pretty rough games in a row from Tobias. A lot of the problems that have been plaguing him all season, looking even worse now um this is a guy who isn't really a great star doesn't have the skill set to be like a number one number two scorer but he's also like not a great role player because he doesn't approach the game like a role player kind of should like he's the number four option now that's pretty clear he's got to be chucking spot up threes he's got to be making cuts he can't be posting up next to joel for you know like Tobias has to be smarter about how he uses his possessions and how he approaches the game I, I don't think didn't, it's you a tweet, did, didn't you tweet out that he should um model his game after George's Niang yeah like that's a joke but it's also not like I agree with that Chris yeah um like this is a Tobias issue it's not a Doc Rivers issue it's not a James Harden Joel Embiid issue like Tobias at some point these struggles have been like the common denominator all season they weren't as bad last season. That was a career year. I mean, if he could get back to that state, like level, that'd be great. But like even then, a lot of the same issues that he had last season are just they've just been magnified this season and expanded upon. I don't know why he's struggling so much, but Tobias has been this kind of player for a while. They're not like shocking issues. They're issues that have been consistent back to L.A., Detroit, wherever you want to go. He's a very flawed player, and in this setup, 
where you have two ball-dominant superstars in Joel and James. Uh, you know, Tobias has got to be a little bit smarter with how he's using his possessions. But, like, again, the Sixers have won two straight with James now. They've won him pretty, you know, fine. like, they've won by a lot. Um, this, the only reason this game was close, though, for stretches in that third quarter was because of Tobias. Because, like, that's the truth. Tobias mm-hmm. has to be better. Um, but the Sixers are clearly going to contend if they can stay healthy. Um, like you said, Lucas, James looks really good. This is like top 10 level player James that we've, we've seen in the past. We'll see if he can keep it up. But there's every reason to expect he can. Like 16 assists, I think, is one shy of his career high. Um, five steals. He's been pretty engaged defensively. We'll see if that lasts. But really, even really, if it even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, yeah. Like like look, James Harden is freaking awesome. Um, him and Joel are going to give teams headaches all year. I don't know if it's going to be like Warriors style beautiful basketball. It's going to be a lot of free throws, a lot of like opposing fans screaming their heads off they but... they combine for 37 three throws and 33 makes yeah but it's gonna win them a lot of games and they're gonna have a they're gonna have a chance to be there at the very end um so it, it's every reason for excitement like we can talk about tobias and i think it's a valid concern but there's a lot of lot to be happening. can i can i just say about tobias in that third quarter yes he could have and should have played better offensively but when you have Paul Millsap as your uh, center. Yeah. You got to put that on Doc. That third quarter was on Doc. And Paul yeah. Millsap, it, it, it was it was like a they were like a donut in the middle. Like they they just could not stop anybody. Chris, your eye texted me about Paul Millsap oh, during that at that point. Yeah. He was text. pretty bad. <laughs> like, no, but you have a val and I guess we can just jump into the bench here. Yeah. Paul Millsap. Should not be playing minutes. Yeah, I mean he. I mean his stat line. If you look at his stat line, okay, he did okay. But no, not really. He could not defend the rim. And this goes back to the fact that he's not athletic anymore, and he's too small at six seven to be playing backup center. It's just it's a fact. I think yeah. he still has something left in the tank, but not as a Sixers backup center. And I think if you're going to sign Willie Cauley Stein to a ten day, you need to play him. Yeah, like I, I, if he has something left in the tank, he hasn't shown it yet. Um, like it, it's pretty brutal. I agree, Uriah. Like Harris was pretty crappy, but Millsap was equally as crappy, if not worse. Um, yeah, like if you have you signed Willie Collie signed to a ten day, why are we not at least trying him out, give him a look, or worst case scenario, Paul Reed is better than Paul Millsap. I'll say it. I will comp- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a fair. Right it's now, a fair say. Yeah. The biggest issue with the Sixers team right now is that that second unit has zero athleticism, and Paul Millsap is not helping. Paul Reed is at least an athlete who can cause problems defensively for teams. Charles Bassey lit it up on the G League again. Bassey like, can do some of that. Like, like, why are we? What's the point of Paul Millsap? He's thirty-seven. I, I get that Doc loves his veterans, but they need to wave him. I wrote it yesterday. I I think they need to wave him. I think you have to, especially if you're going to keep Collie Stein, then you can add a wing like you've said that we've need. And I agree. I think we need, do need another athletic wing or maybe I, I like a James Ennis personally. I think J- I wrote that today too. I think James Ennis would be a great fit as a three and D, but um, regardless of who you add, the fact is, is that they need more wing depth. Cause like you said, they're not athletic on the wing and they have too many big men. They have five centers, Chris. And Paul Millsap should be the all man out. 
Yeah, I mean, even if you don't wave them, like, you, you know, then don't use Willie Colley Stein's spot on a center. Like, you, you, you got to be – like, this around-the-margin stuff doesn't matter as much when you have James Harden as well as Joel Embiid, but it's kind of what killed them a few years ago with the Greg Monroe stuff. Like, you have to have good pieces on the margins. Mm-hmm. Paul Millsap is clearly just not going to give you very much at all. Um I there's just no reason to keep playing him. I I I'm like sure I get he's a smart. I, I get that he's a crafty, smart veteran, but he just his body's not able to do it anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, but like even beyond that, Furkan had a pretty rough game. Why did Shake not get more minutes than Furkan? Shake should be getting Clark Maz's minutes if you're not going to give him to Isaiah Joe. Doesn't make sense to me. Uh you know, I'm kind of at the place for Furkan where you have to ride the wave, I think. I, no, like no. I think Korkmaz makes more sense on paper than Shake when Harden and Maxi are out there, and that was the case for most of this game. But, um, yeah, like Isaiah Joe is the guy I'd go to. I, I, I don't know if Shake is going to get a ton of minutes with this group. That's, like, somewhat unfortunate because he was having a half-decent season. But, um. You know, Furkan played 13 really crappy minutes tonight. If he doesn't have it for whatever reason, then maybe we should see just more Danny Green, more George Niang, like ratchet up those guys. Um, well, you got to do no more Niang because if you play Danny Green anymore, then you risk him getting injured again. I, I mean, I think Danny can play for more than 14 minutes. Uh, you know, yeah, I, maybe 20, but like I wouldn't push him past 20, to be honest. Yeah, but like, like again, like you gotta be able to adjust on the fly in these situations, which mm-hmm. is not Doc's specialty. Um, but yeah, overall, great game, like mm-hmm. really fun, high energy. Joel had like two, maybe his two most frightening falls of the season. Oh, which, yeah, that was but, scary. <laughs> I think what we- happened on that that first one is that he stepped on somebody's foot and then the other knee got caught underneath of him and he fell on that ankle like that on his was, butt that was completely yeah. scary yeah i think scary. you heard the whole entire arena take a gasp because there were more sixers fans there than knicks fans in my opinion oh they were chanting mvp oh yeah to the yeah. free throw line and then you hear knicks fans trying to drown them out with booze but I can I just say that my favorite time of the game was the fourth quarter when Embiid had those two blocks, and, and yeah. that I, I, whoever was the announcer was saying that's what distinguishes him from all. The I, I think it was Doris Burke. I yeah, forget who. I, I forget who the right. male co-host yeah. was. That's how he impacts the game. <laughs> and we got to talk about James Harden's debut here. The Sixers won in convincing fashion, one thirty-three to one hundred two. Chris. Uh, you know, James Harden came out. He had a 27 point, 12 assist, eight rebound game. Joel Embiid had 34 points, 10 rebounds. Maxi had 28 points on four with four steals. Thibel had 11, seven, and three steals. It, it was a pretty fantastic game from the starting five. Uh, you know, minus Harris again, who we'll talk about, I'm sure. Uh, but Chris. What was one thing that impressed you the most about James Harden's first time in a Sixers uniform? Um, well, I mean, this goes for both games. Like, he's averaging 14 assists through two games. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the dude is just on another level as far as setting guys up right now. Um, again, like, how quickly him and Joel 
found some rhythm and rapport as like out of the two man game handoffs and stuff, pick and rolls was, is pretty impressive. Um, it, it's clear that James is happy to be here. Um, he, he seems to be playing with a level of joy that he just was not in Brooklyn and in Houston that last year. So that's nice to see just for him. Um, obviously the maxi thing, like he scored another like one point more than Harden in this game it was a great Tyrese Maxey game 12 of 16 from the field for 28 points he had four steals on the defensive end to lead the team in that department um he's again like been a real beneficiary of Harden which I don't think a lot of us expected um we I think all thought he'd figure it out over time like Maxey's a hard-working guy and he's a very unselfish player but him and Harden have clearly clicked. He's been kind of, he's benefited from all the attention that's being spent on Harden and Joel right now. He's getting a lot of open lanes to the rim off passes from James. So there, there's a lot to like there. Um, again, this was, this was like literally statistically the best offensive game of the season for Philadelphia. And it comes in James's debut. I don't think that's a coincidence. He's clearly a difference maker for this team. So there's, there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, I'll give something that stood out in that game. Actually, it's not something that stood out in the game. It's the aftermath. It's the people who said for the Sixers, oh, it was just, it was Minnesota. And they were pretty much being dismissive over the fact that, yes, Harden had a great debut and Embiid played like he normally does. But people were just downplaying their opponent. And then you look at the Knicks today, I guess, people could probably say the same thing that the Knicks are not an elite team, but it doesn't matter. James Harden was a phenomenal addition and he's just continuing to show why he's so valuable and such an elite player. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to be like Minnesota didn't exactly play a great defensive game, but like James Harden and Joel Embiid are going to stretch a lot of defenses to the breaking point. Um, you know, uh, James, we know, is it like an all NBA caliber player when he's even half of himself. So, uh, yeah, there's really not a lot to downplay. Like he's put together two really special games in a row. So there's a lot, a lot to like. All right. And I'll just add this. I want to say this, that um, I thought the fact that jo- James Harden only took 12 shots mm-hmm. and, and nine free throws. It did not feel like he was forcing his offense. Yeah, he had one of like two or three of his signature step back three pointers, but like it didn't feel forced. Like he wasn't trying to like score a lot. It was clear that his main purpose was facilitating. And that's what I think the Sixers need. They let him take over when they need a, you know, bucket or in the fourth. But otherwise, I mean, not even in the fourth because Joel was still dominating. <laughs> Like he's much more than willing to be a facilitator and he's just getting his shots where he he's picking his shots and he's not forcing it. I think that's something really good in this game and in the Knicks game too, that I think is very underrated about how hard this, you know, I I think he's willing that he, he probably doesn't want to be scoring 36 points a night. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly he's making an effort to elevate teammates and to not, I'm not, he's obviously asserting himself within the offense, but he's clearly making an effort to fit in and elevate the other guys. Like there is a play in the Knicks game where he had like a wide open three, but he gave it off to Matisse next to him. Like that's yeah, I remember that play. play. Yep, that's a bad play on paper, but it's clearly like you're trying to build confidence. You're trying to get Matisse going, and he hasn't mm-hmm. been going 
in, in a while as far as threes go. So he's clearly making an effort to get other guys involved. Again, 14 assists per game through two games. That number won't stay that high, but it's going to stay pretty high. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's been really fun to watch. The Sixers look like a bona fide contender now. Um, it, it's only two games again. You know, don't get too high, don't get too low, etc. But it's kind of hard not to get too high because um, mm-hmm. they, they look really good. And James and Joel are two of the best offensive players on planet earth and they're both very smart creative guys who can really know how to manipulate a defense and put them in bad positions so Mm -hmm. it's going to be really fun to watch so chris what's one thing that surprised you about his debut um i i mean not i i don't know i wasn't like too surprised again like he came out in great shape which is what we had been hearing but it's nice to see it actually like come to fruition um he's the christian he's the christian bale of nba players in terms of being able to gain or lose weight (laughs) yeah like i don't think he's quite at houston levels of like explosiveness getting downhill but he can still like put his defender you know in prison and Mm -hmm. do he can still get by his guy. He's not quite as quick when he needs to be, but he's he's going to be really good. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this is a guy who made an all-star game this year in what has been his worst season since like his rookie year. So he, he's a really special player. Um, uh, the, not a lot to be surprised about other than like it worked really well right away. There wasn't a, much of an adjustment period. There's going to be more of an adjustment period. Like he's said today after the Knicks game that he like doesn't know any plays yet. So this I think he's at five. Be... He knows like three or five plays. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be more room to grow, and we will have a loss or two eventually. Like it's not going to work perfectly every game, but it's really nice and it's it's quite exciting as I keep saying. Well, I guess it's not anything that surprised me about James Harden. Uh, Harris only had six points on nine shots. He had an okay first half, but in that second half, I don't think he made a single shot. And that 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 was kind of like the, oh, that's interesting development there. And, you know, I'm sure it'll take some time, but it's, you know, it is kind of a, not a red flag per se, because I think he'll figure it out. He's professional, but it was surprising for me in that regard. Oh, and also that yeah. Willie Cauley Stein wasn't the first big man off the bench, considering that that was his first game. He did have two rebounds and an assist and a foul in just four minutes at the end of the game. Yeah. But yeah. I, I will say this. Obviously, before we saw it happen, we were all like, oh, that was just going to affect Max. He's going to have to take a back seat. But like now that we've seen it for two games, it's kind of like, of course, Tobias is the odd man out. Like we, it, it, feels kind of obvious like we shouldn't we should have seen this coming to some degree like not the six points and the like three of nine like he's struggled he's gonna get better he's gonna have better nights but if he can give you 16 17 points a night chris i think that's a win so two things real quick so how he impacted maxi surprised me i don't think anybody in philadelphia knew that maxi was gonna be impacted the way that harden did just because him mm-hmm. and mb draw so much attention and he's like wide open in the corner to either shoot he's gonna feast three. on he's gonna feast on an offense now he's gonna because he's getting the worst perimeter defender now or a second worst he's getting no almost no defensive attention he's gonna he's gonna feast so 
Yeah. So he'll he'll either have the wide open three or he'll drive to the basket. And he's so fast, like Lucas was saying earlier. Uh, and the other thing is Chris mentioned earlier about uh, the Niang role that Tobias needs to accept. Tobias's game is not catered to what Harden brings. Him trying to back down his, his man is just – he's got to let that go. He's got to be a spotted three-point shooter and just trust in his shot. Slash, slash, set good picks. Don't get to yeah. attack offensive fouls because that drove me crazy oh. in that. And that I think it was the Knicks game, right, where he got that ticky tack offensive foul. Um, but yeah, he needs to set picks. He needs to pick and roll, pick and pop. He's a good finisher at the rim. He can he can slash on the backdoor cuts. He can spot up. Just no more dribbling. You're not allowed. To, you're like Clay Thompson. You're not allowed to dribble anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, but last question here, Chris. Um, what was your overall takeaway from that game? Um, I mean, again, like the Sixers are going to be really good. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I, you know, we're like beating a dead horse, but James Harden is going to elevate so many guys in so many different ways. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really quite excited. Like as Uriah said, like Jimmy Butler was exciting, but I do think this is on a whole another um, level. This is on another level. Like the whole city, the whole fan base is is just like out of their minds right now we haven't had a guy like this since Allen iverson yeah on the perimeter yeah yeah like like james is a guy who you know if he does win a championship or two with philly could go down as like one of the 20 30 best players of all time like he's a really special player so um yeah it's awesome if he wants to question because i mean if you look at his numbers, you could make a case if he wins two championships with the Sixers, does he is he knocking on the top ten of all time? I, I mean, like you should certainly make a case that he's already in like in the, the top thirty. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, he hasn't won yet." But like he had the best regular season team in the league for like five years straight. Mm-hmm. He was the best offensive player in the league for like five years straight. So I certainly think statistically. There's a pretty strong case there. And he's the only player that has ever gotten close to Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson and made three-pointers in a single season. Just going to throw that out there. Um, but, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think that's a good – I'm going to say that I, I think that the Sixers are going to at least, based off that game plus this game, I think the Sixers, the expectation is at least Eastern Conference Final at bare minimum, if not the NBA Finals. I think it's championship or bust here, guys. You see the talent. I I think we're at that point where we have to say that. Um, So let's let's do a bit of comparison here, Lucas. Obviously, you say it's championship or bust. I, I tend to agree. I don't know if it's like, fully championship or bust but clearly that's what the Sixers are angling for here and Harden is 32 so you have a limited window and the Sixers are trying to win it all this year that's the goal they have maybe the best duo in the NBA so it's certainly within the cards I think let's just go down the list here of some contenders in the east and compare contrast are the Sixers better is what we're ultimately going to be answering here Mm -hmm. Lucas let's start with the team that took Philly out of the playoffs last year. I don't know if they're quite a contender yet this season. They've been playing better of late. Trey Young is really kicking it up a notch. But the Hawks, where does Philly stand in relation? They're, to they're better. 
Yeah. It's not Philly, even close. Philly was better than Atlanta last season. They just choked. They choked. You know, Ben Simmons, Doc Rivers, whoever you want to blame, both. But um, Philly's clearly the better team. I am very confident that if these two teams met in the playoffs – Philadelphia would win that series. I don't think it would be a particularly long series. Maybe five, maybe five games. Maybe. Um, yeah, like I don't want to like get too ahead of myself because anything can happen and they're still the Sixers. So, you know, but they're better than the Hawks. Um, let's go to the number two seed though. Chicago Bulls. They're about, a, I think they're a game ahead of Philly roughly in the standings right now. How do they stack up, Lucas? Well, the Sixers without James Harden has still beat the Bulls every time this season. And despite DeMar DeRozan playing at an MVP level, I'm still going to say the Sixers are better. They just have enough size to bully the bully the Bulls. I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but it's true. Um, and when you look at the end of it, at the end of the day, Vucevic can't do anything against Joel. Tristan Thompson can't do anything against Joel. And even though I love Tony Bradley, he can't do anything against Joel. And you could have, you could throw Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso at James Harden to slow him down shore. But at the end of the day, you got to stop the big man and they can't. And they can't even ta- stop Tobias Harris. Cause if I remember correctly, even Tobias has had some pretty good games against them. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think if you were to ask me who wins that series, I'd say Philly too. Like I I the East is stacked this year. There are a lot mm-hmm. of really quality teams. Like Chicago, we don't even have the Cleveland Cavaliers on our list here, but they 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 could be thrown in there. Yeah, I I think Chicago has the firepower to do like to make noise and they could theoretically beat the Sixers. DeMar DeRozan has been like on another planet lately, mm-hmm. and Zach Levine is a really brilliant player. The Sixers only have one Matisse Thibel to guard those guys. So Bulls can certainly like give the Sixers a run for the money. I don't think it's like, you know, sign sealed deliver. Philly wins that series in a cakewalk or anything. But I, I think you got to give like the top, top end talent the edge. I think Joel and James are probably still the two best players in that series. Um <laughs> You know, you can say DeRozan. DeRozan's having like a top five MVP season, so maybe not. But um, Joel is the best player in that series. The Sixers, I, I think you have to give them the edge. Um, yeah. The next team on this list is Boston. I think best record in the East since like January. Um, yeah. That's, best in the East right now. Mm-hmm. What would that series look like? It would be a slugfest, Chris. This is probably one of the harder ones that I'm having to decide on, to be honest with you. Um they have one of the best defenses in the NBA. Their offense is finally starting to catch up. Derek White has been a positive impact on that team. That's a tough one, man, because Boston does have a history of beating Philly with Joel Embiid on that team. It's a tough one for me, Chris. I, I'm curious. Before I answer, I want to hear your answer. Yeah, I mean, look, the list of players who have truly given Embiid any like problems at all this season is pretty slim. Like Al Horford's on that list, unfortunately. Um, I'm not like, I don't think Al Horford's going to shut Joel down for an entire series or anything, especially not with James drawing the attention that he's going to draw. But the Celtics also have Marcus Smart, who can certainly defend James Harden about as well as anyone. Um, so that's a great defensive team with a lot of athleticism, which is where the Sixers are lacking. They have guys who can defend the Sixers' two best players. 
maybe the best combo players to defend those two best players of any team in the league. So, yeah, Boston, I don't really want to play Boston. I, I don't either. They were on the other side of the bracket. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you'd have to pick Philly because it's Joel Embiid and James Harden. Yeah. But- but I wouldn't feel good about that pick. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't I, I, I think that that series could go either way. Yeah, there are like five or six teams that could legitimately make noise in the East. I think Boston feels kind of like one of those teams right now. Jason Tatum is a legit superstar. Jalen Brown is really good. So that's a team that I don't think the Sixers match up terribly well with. Um so, yeah, I wouldn't feel great about it. I'd pick the Sixers, but it'd be kind of stressful. Because if there's a team I really don't want to lose to... It's the Boston Celtics. It's Boston and Brooklyn. You know, yeah. those are the two teams that I just don't want it to happen. Like, if it happens upsetting. against Milwaukee, so be it. Yeah. They're defending champions. Okay, fine. Um. Yeah, let's talk about the Heat. Really don't want to lose to the Heat either. No, yeah, that's it. true. Um. <laughs> Heat are the number one seed in the East right now, Lucas. Um, as far as like cohesive, well-oiled offensive and defensive teams go, they're at the top of the list. They won forty games. How do you think that series looks? I think there's going to be at least one fight. <laughs> like in all seriousness, I think there's going to be at least one fight. You know, it might not happen with the players. It might happen with like a. Uh, fan throwing something from the stands which i hope not but like this this series could get ugly it's a it's gonna be a slugfest you know if marcus morris can ever get healthy he's he's kind of their one of their enforcers like he'll probably take a cheap shot at somebody at some point um like i i i don't want to see the heat in the playoffs either but the thing is we're probably going to see one of these top four teams in the in the first or definitely second round, but pro- maybe even the first. Yeah. Um, again, look, Celtics Heat, we're going to talk about the Bucks and Nets. That's a lot of teams are like, we don't want to mm-hmm. see them, but you're going to have to see at least two of them probably yeah. win the East. So. I, I, I do feel better against the Heat. I think they don't have the size to bother Joel. I mean, Bam's great, don't get me wrong, but he's given up, what, like four inches to Joel and probably at least like, 30 to 40 pounds like yeah they can double team and yeah they have a really good bench i don't i yeah their bench units is considerably better than ours but we do have james harden who is much better than our second best player is still better than their best player by a wide margin so yeah i mean look i wouldn't i think wide margin is pushing it like butler is a top 10 player and and not this season I, I would say certainly this season. It, like, mm. Butler's had a better season than James Harden so far. Like, st- mm. like in terms of stats impact, his team's being better. Like, Butler's been the better player. I agree Harden's probably the quote-unquote better player in a vacuum. But, like, Butler performance-wise has been right up there. I, I think he's in the top 10, 12 range still. Um, so, I... I don't think there's like a huge gap, but I agree. Joel's the best player in that series. James might be the second best. It's close, but I, I take the Sixers in that one. The Heat have a better coach. They have more depth. They're just like really adaptable, like system wise. They can do a lot of different things and play a lot of different styles. So I agree that like the Heat could totally win that series. They could, but I would pick the Sixers, but. Eric Spolstra is going to like put Doc Rivers in the hurt locker and yeah. 
So there are some definite concerns. Again, the Sixers bench just has like zero athleticism right now. The Heat fly around and they shoot a bunch of threes and they might have Victor Oladipo back by then. They will. So yeah, some concerns for sure. Um, but let's talk about the Bucks, reigning champs. Not quite up there in the standings right now, but you know, Giannis. We just watched this team uh, like a week ago. Um, mm-hmm. Giannis is right there with Joel in the MVP race right now. This is a team that has now proven it can win at the highest level. Lucas, how do you think that series looks? It all depends on what happens with, with uh, Brooke Lopez. Because like you said, there's a small list of players that can bother Joel. Brooke Lopez is apparently one of them, even though he was horrible at defense to to begin his career. Um, so Brooke can cause some problems if he's healthy, but he has not been healthy since the first game of the regular season. Um, assuming that's the case, and that's why they brought in Serge Ibaka, I, I think the Sixers win that series. I know Drew Holiday is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and could probably cause James Harden some problems. But we saw in this last matchup, Tyrese Maxey can definitely take advantage of their perimeter defense. And I think that um, at the end of the day, James Harden is still going to get his numbers. So yeah, the Bucks' depth is not as good as it once was. And I, I think the Sixers have a real shot there. I think I, I I would choose the Sixers in that series, and I actually feel kind of confident. I feel more confident against the Bucks than I do the Heat or the Celtics right now. Let me put it that way. Um, I don't know if I'm quite there because here's what I'll say: this is the first series where you can that we've talked about where you can say maybe Joel isn't definitively the best player. Like Bucks might have the best player in that series, or it's at least very close, and. Like Drew Holiday is truly maybe the best perimeter defender on planet Earth. So they are well equipped to handle Philly's size. They have a guy who can stick with James Harden. I, again, they have one. See, he's going to guard Maxi. Chris Middleton, Maxi would blow right by him. That That's a Maxi series right there, Chris. I'm sure it is. Like, it'll probably be Grayson Allen. and Maxie Grayson Allen's – I mean, the only way Grayson Allen is going to be able to stop Maxie is if he takes another cheap shot. I'm sorry. That that was uncalled for. But still, you yeah, get my gist. I, I don't think Tyrese Maxie is going to win you a series yet. Well, uh, uh, are, well, are we sure? Are we sure about that? Chris, are we sure about that? He's supposed to be the third big three here. He is. If he if he's if he's the third player, he should be able to win you a series. That's what Chris Bosch did for the Heat. Kevin Love's done that for the Cavaliers in the past. Like, come on, Chris. Okay, Tyrese Maxey is not as good as those players yet. I, fair enough. Fair enough. The Bucks again. Like, I, I I don't know. They have one. Is is all I'm saying. They they do have a champion. The Sixers. I will say. It looks great now. There's a lot of positivity, and rightfully so. But by the time the playoffs rolled around, have rolled around, Joel and James, James will have played like 18 games with this new team. Like they just aren't going to have the same cohesion and experience together that the Bucks have, that the Heat have, that you know the Celtics have, etc. Like that's a real concern. As great as it looks now, you know, not a lot of guys get traded midseason and then win a championship with their new team. It doesn't happen very often. Not a lot of guys of James Harden's caliber get traded midseason, but it is somewhat rare for that to happen. So, like the Bucks have Giannis, they have a really great defense. 
and they've won it. They they've played together for a while. I I kind of think it'd be safer to bet on the Bucks in that series. I think it'd be really close. That's a six or seven game series for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Most of these are six and seven game series, Chris. Yeah, no. Again, like the East is awesome, but the Bucks. I I certainly would be more scared of the Bucks than I would be of the Heat, and that's not like to diminish the Heat, who again are the one seed right now, and have Jimmy Butler, who's like one of the great clutch performers in the league. So all these teams are scary, but I, I think the Bucks are one where I'd really like have to pause um, more than maybe the other series. So we're, we're going to finish this conversation out, of course, with uh, Brooklyn, Lucas. I still think they're like the favorites in Las Vegas, despite all the losing they've done over the past few weeks. We don't know when Ben is going to return. We assume that it will be before the playoffs, though. Kevin Durant's going to be back soon. Kyrie, it seems like by the time the playoffs roll around, will be a full-time player. How do you feel about that series? Well, let's look at it. They're going to be a playing team. So right now, the Sixers would not have to play them in a playoff series because the Sixers are a third team. Well, if the Sixers get, move up to one or two, they might have to play them in the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah that you're absolutely right. Or if they drop but, to five but, or six. <laughs> but on the flip side there, if they don't, then here's the thing. I, I, I don't think – I think the Bucks are going to have chemistry issues just because I think it's going to take – Ben some time to get adjusted to his new role because he's not going to be the point guard. Like he's going to be the point forward, which I know semantics, but still. Um, I don't trust that they'll have it all together. And if they get Miami in the first round, which is a real possibility, Chris, right? I think they could totally beat Miami though. But Miami could totally beat them too. Yeah, but they could totally beat the six. All these teams could beat the other team like these are all contenders but i don't think it's like brooklyn's going to be the eight seed we don't have to worry about them i don't think no but what what i'm going to say is if they even if they do win that series they're going to be beat up miami's a tough team if we end up playing them in a second round so are the celtics so are the raptors if the sixers get them in the first round like there are a lot of tough teams in the east cleveland's gonna like throw down they might not win they don't have the experience and the star power but Mm -hmm. These are all teams that are going to play physical basketball. So, mm-hmm. you know, Philly, they're like main source of offense on a lot of these things is getting fouled. So there's going to be a lot of physicality involved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'll say this. Andre Drummond isn't – they have nobody to slow down Joel. Andre Drummond's not going to do it. We know that. None of their other centers can do it. Ben Simmons, yeah, they they might be able to play him on James Harden, but in the fourth quarter, they're not going to be able to play Ben because if Doc's smart, which we all hope that he is, he's going to resort to hack a Ben to get Ben off the court, and then Harden can get to work then. Cool. Um, But, like, you take Ben off the court, they still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Okay, cool. And then it's a shootout. Which Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving could totally win. But Joel Embiid and James Harden could also totally win that. Joel Embiid's leading the league in scoring this season. Uh, He is, but Lucas, it's Kevin Durant. I I get it. I get it. But we know we have somebody that can defend Kevin Durant, right? What's his name? Say it with me. Matisse Thibel. We saw in the Olympics. We've seen it in seasons past. Matisse can actually give Harden slight problems not he's not going to stop him but he's going to slow him down just enough just enough and then Tyrese Maxey's a 
extremely underrated on defense. I think he could do a decent job on Kyrie. We've seen him be a little pest this season, and I love it. Tyrese has certainly improved defensively. I don't think he's going to, like, stop Kyrie. He's not going to stop him, but he's going to pester him. Yeah. And, and, I, I don't and, think Maxie's, like, an especially great defender, though. I, I, I think, think he's – he's, okay, okay, but he's a good enough defender to where he's not going to get scorched by Tyree, Kyrie, right? I, I mean, Kyrie's going to scorch a lot of really good defenders. Okay. So I don't know. Uh, anyway, my point my point is is that I it's going to be a shootout. I think you can play Ben off the court. Jo- they have no answer for Joel. You could argue that we don't have a great answer for either one of their stars. They don't have a great if Ben's off the court, then they don't have an answer for Harden either. Um so what if they play Thibault off the floor? What if they start hacking Thibault or they just Thibault's a better free throw shooter. Sure, but like like you could play Thibault off the floor in a playoff series. Then who's okay. covering anyone? You know okay, I mean? fair enough. You play George's Niang then, right? Yeah, but Niang isn't guarding Kevin Durant. Well, no, that would probably have to go to Harris. Which yeah. who isn't probably... guarding Durant? Well, you know, no, so no, probably not. But I think this is this is going to be the shootout series. Who can score more and who's a better defender? The Sixers have the best defender that can't get played off the court, right? In Joel Embiid, right? Yes. Okay. He's going to protect the brim. That's that means you're going to have Kyrie and Kevin are going to have to beat you from the outside, which they could totally could do, right? Yeah. But but James and Joel are going to have inside and out. That gives them more options. I feel a little bit more confident about that. I feel confident about being able to play Ben off the court. Um, they don't have great depth. I mean, outside of Curry and Patty Mills. And I, I, we don't know what Goran Dragic has left. Um, maybe Goran is, uh, you know, depends on how well he plays. He could end up being like the missing link there for a championship. And they could be a favorite. I don't know, Chris. This is a shootout. If you're asking me who, who could win a shootout in a seven-game series, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have proven that they can. Joel and Harden haven't. So, but... The homer in me wants to say the Sixers, but it, it could honestly go either way in this series. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's kind of a toss-up. Like, Kevin Durant is, like, more than Giannis, more than anyone, that's, like, the one guy you're really, really scared of. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Kevin Durant, at his best, sorry to Joel and everyone else, is the best player in planet Earth, mm-hmm. at least recently, with LeBron starting to barely tail off now. Like, Kevin Durant is probably the guy most people are comfortable saying would you, the best would you strategy wise would you rather try to put matisse on kevin durant to slow him down or would you put matisse on Kyrie, knowing that matisse can definitely bother Kyrie a lot better than uh he can bother kevin durant um i i i, I don't know it's a tough one i but i i certainly don't you know like matisse isn't gonna just wholesale shut those guys down either as great as he is like those guys are still going to get their own points but he's going to make Kyrie work for it a heck of a lot more than he could make Kevin Durant work for it Chris you want to go ahead and play us out yeah um to all our listeners as always thank you for tuning in to yet another week's episode of the six your sense podcast Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com. We are on Twitter at Sixersense. So until 
later this week. Everyone, we will we will see ya.